That's special. That is very. That's special. That's how your people teach you to talk. Right, 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 right. That's special. That go either way. Old ladies used to see an ugly baby. They'd be like, that's a fine What's your out on the day? He said you had something at Morehouse. You got to do Zoom. It's at 7. At 7. Okay. All right, got it. Let's kick it, y'all. I mean. Rose, keep me up on uh, the time about, give me like a, at 5.45, give me a little second. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Right, 5.40. Yep. Try to close at 5.40. More Than Culture is the brand. This is the podcast. Kamal the Secret Genius. Remo Rock. Tyler Chronicles. Ronnie Jordan. Yes, indeed. It's on you, Ronnie. Yes, Yeah, sir. yeah. We got a special guest in the house, man. Running yeah. from Fulton County Sheriff. ATL Zone. Patrick Labot. Patrick Labot. Hey. I said it correct. You did. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first time for anyone listening. That's the first time you said it correct. And me and Remo had the pleasure of doing his fundraiser at James, my lawyer James Walker's house, and Amazing. we just got to chop it up with him. He chopped it up my mom, who's an ex-police officer. So I just we, we kind of rock with his policies. We like mm-hmm. what he's doing, especially with prison reform and and the, what he's doing to. When guys get out of jail, he's got like stuff in place so you mm. won't go back to jail, right. which is where we start a lot of this at. So right. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take it away, sir. Actually, so, before I'm you sorry, even okay. start, no, it's okay because I like to do this for for people. I guess right. some a lot of people know what people are: sheriff or congressperson, but they right, don't know right. their duties, what their job. So, what, how would you explain to us take what a sheriff's back. duties are? So, Class. great question. So, right. constitutionally, uh, given by the state, the sheriff technically is responsible for three things. Uh, serving warrants, mm-hmm. uh, protecting the courts, as well as running the jail. Mm-hmm. Now that's constitutional. The basic tenant for any law enforcement is public safety. Period. And so what we need to do is figure out how, from my perspective, and, and let me let me preface this: I've worked in law enforcement for 30 years. Right. So I started working 11 at night to 7 in the morning at Clark Atlanta and going to school during the day at Clark Atlanta University. There, there you go now. Okay. So, okay. You, was, you was public safety at Clark? No, no. No, so he was going. I was working at okay. the jail 11 at night. Oh, okay. But he was gone. While you was at Clark. And then going to school. And he was finding a way of making one. I was about to say, we might have, if you was public safety at Clark, we may have had some (laughs) run-ins from from, from 99 to 03. No, no, no. They made up rubber bullets over there. No, that was, that's Spelman campus to be shooting shooting rubber bullets over there. I get it. But I'm no stranger to hard work. So for 30 years, technically 20, then I was promoted or appointed to chief. Uh, by Mayor Reed in 2010. Okay. Right. And so one of the things I always say is we got to come to the table and have a conversation about what we need. Yes, indeed. Because when I first started, it was every Friday night was a high school reunion, right? Mm-hmm. I'd walk in the back door and everybody I knew was there. So it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, officer about it. it was, hey, Pat, you know, it, right. all my friends were locked up. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I've made no bones about it, right? I, I'm very fortunate cause, because of some things I I did right or mm-hmm. maybe I did wrong. I could have been just as easily locked up. Right? I could be anybody right. at this table. That's anybody at this table, yeah. absolutely. Uh, times were different then, right? Because yeah. I did some of the wildest things as, as well. Of course. Uh, but I got appointed chief, and one of the things I always really focus on is what can we do differently mm. for us? And as Ronnie mentioned earlier, one of the, the pinnacle points in my career is we started uh, a, not just a junior correction officer program, right? Uh, we started a, a, a junior correction officer program that was aimed at not straight A students, right? I graduated, thank you, Lottie. Let me be clear. Yeah, right, thank right? you, Lottie. Yeah, thank by the skin Lottie. of my teeth. And, but I, I wanted to fo- lean in toward our kids that 
uh, had issues reading, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm dyslexic and make no bones Come about it. Come on now, Pip. You know, so, there it is. There it is. There it is. So you hear people talk about. <laughs> I change your eye to a T quick. I don't know why. It's like, it's tight. Leave it out. Leave it out. You don't even see you know? that thing. So, and, and you're absolutely right. But I came up with a time where, where teachers weren't as sensitive or not as knowledgeable about it. Right. Oh, you'll figure it out kind of thing. Right. But for me, it was how do we put a pause in that school to prison pipeline? Mm. And so we sent uh, officers over to help read with, with kids, right? We started a junior correction officer program. For me, it wasn't a scared straight program. It was an opportunity to take kids to Hartsfield Jackson, to take kids to Charlie Brown Airport. Mm. And the way I put it is, is as you see these planes lift off, you see their, their hopes and dreams mm. lift off and go skyward as well. But we also took them through the courts, took them through the jails, but we also took them to the morgue. Mm, right. So go. this is about choices for us. Yeah. And then the reentry program Ronnie talked about, for me, it was how do we give people a true second or third chance? And so we partnered with the State Department of Corrections, Urban League of Greater Atlanta. And really, instead of leaving with $25 and a bus ticket, you got a group of young men that have earned, right? They have to have 15 months left on their sentence, nonviolent, let me be clear. Yeah. And instead of leaving with $25 and a bus ticket, they leave with $20,000, $30,000 in the bank. They leave with a job already. See, we had to become a certified transitional center. And what that means is, uh, in order to You house, said they leave with how much in the bank? Twenty or thirty thousand dollars <laughs> in the bank over fifteen months, right? Untaxed. So, but still, no, oh, that's really amazing. Well, see, yeah. here's, 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 <laughs> can I get into your program? <laughs> you got I'm saying, how can how can I how can I bank thirty thousand in fifteen months? Work right quick. Let me be clear. Let me provide a little more clarity. Oh no, we they actually become city employees, right? And so the the unintended consequences because it's a second or third chance for them and they're fixing water meters or installing fire hydrants they work harder than some of their team members there yeah. right. they get the overtime in some instances again an unintended consequence because of overtime and the things that they were able to do they, some some cases they made more money than my officers right but for them it was a second chance you don't have to go out see the, the system is set up so that after you serve your time you Come get out they still the onus is on you to find a job all right. And then you have to go fill out an application to say if you've ever been arrested. Yeah, because they, they need your body back in that jail, too. Though. Yeah. Well, it's a revolving our door. goal was to prevent that. Right. And so I tell folks, they start working on their career mm -hmm. while they're locked up. And to have a grown man say, Chief, listen, I, I never thought I'd be able to buy my daughter a prom dress. Mm. Right? Well, let's take it a step further. We'll get you a pass. You take her out to eat. And so show her how she's supposed to be treated. There you go. Right. So for us, it was about changing lives. Right. And then the passion continues to grow. Now I, I retired or rewired in December because again I did I started early, started working early, mm -hmm. but I also at, at 30 years had to look at what I want to do next and how Legacy. we have a larger yeah. impact on the criminal justice community. What the, and 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 look, I've been called everything that the officers on the front line have been called. Right. right? Sell out, all the rest of it that comes with law enforcement. But what I have to remind people is you got to have a seat at the table. If you don't have a seat at the table, we can't make any of these changes. Right. And so the pinnacle in this case is, is the sheriff's office. And the sheriff in is there are 159 counties in the state of Georgia, right? Mm. And there are 159 sheriffs. And the sheriff is considered the, the high sheriff. Mm. And so this is that opportunity for us to change what law enforcement looks like. Mm. Uh, we got seven days, well, six days now to do it. Yes, indeed. And remind people we need to get out and vote. 
and make this happen. So um, <clears throat> prison reform is a is a hot topic mm -hmm. right now, and one it of the is. one of the main tenets of that is uh, the cash bail system. Right. Like, what what are your thoughts on on that system as it currently stands? Right. So here's here's the thing. I would tell anybody sitting at this table when Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms brought the the cash bail reform uh, to the forefront after having had a cash bail system in place for almost 28 years at the time, right. uh, I was proud to be able to lead that effort, right? And I'll tell you, because I can, right? It, it does not happen without my team. We, we put our team at the forefront of that conversation. Matter of fact, I had a city council member say today, uh, Marcy Overstreet, say today, you did your job so well, you worked yourself out of a job. And so what we did was change how we did business. And so when we were housing people more, we just process them and everybody coming in, as long as it's nonviolent or the threat of violence uh, and DUI, you also, you got a chance to sign yourself out. Now, if you want it for something, we can't help. You know, you have to go see a judge. Uh, if you got an open case, you have to go see a judge. So I, I think from the perspective that people should not sit in jail simply because they're poor mm -hmm. is, is really uh, the, the foundation which sets that up. Well, what's the other option? So if you don't have a cash bail system, then you should have in place a... Well, it, it's not an option in terms... This is the best option. Now, I didn't totally believe in it. Let me understand. Let me, let me be honest. Mm -hmm. I didn't believe in it because that, I had to change my mindset. What did so, you believe in? And so I, I believed in what I was ingrained in, and that was you pay your bail, and if you couldn't pay your bail, you go to court. The judge then sentenced you most of the time, mm -hmm. right, to two or three days, or gave you time served. In this case, it gave us an opportunity to, to restructure how we do business. And now, it is yet to be proven if it works, because you know, some judges will tell you half the people that sign their own bond don't come back to court. Right, which means they're gonna get caught again mm -hmm. and then ultimately won't have a bond right. and ultimately may have to serve more time for not coming back to court. That's yet to yeah. be determined. That sounds like a lesser intended consequence than someone that committed a crime that's poor that can't just, get out of yeah. jail because Financial. they don't have the money to get no, out. Get that. that sounds and, like and, a way better. We're saying the same thing. Yeah. But what I don't want, and, and we do a really good job in Atlanta of it, is, is educating those individuals when they get out. Right. Right. Making sure you know this is your court date. Now, now you're getting out on your own, but make sure you know that this is your court, court date because this is the consequence mm -hmm. if, if you don't come back. And, and that, that's the part we're, we're arriving at now. Gotcha, gotcha. That's so what, like, what's your first order of business? Like if you are elected and the rioting and things is still going on, the protest is going on, like what would your first order of business be? Like say if you got an office today and with everything going on in Atlanta, what would Patrick so, do? So, and, and I've given this plenty, plenty of thought. His name. And I, and I appreciate that, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, That's twice. But, but we, have to, we have to do things in good and proper order, as, as my mom would say. And what that means is, at the very latest, I become sheriff-elect, right? If there's a runoff, mm -hmm. and hopefully we can avoid a runoff. You become sheriff-elect after the runoff, August 12th. And in an unusual circumstance, there's no Republican opposition which means at that point you have longer to transition. I wouldn't become sheriff until January of 2021 because you got to get sworn in, mm, right? right? If there was Republican opposition, you run until November, right? And then you transition. But in this case, the, the, the fortunate piece is we can start having those conversations with the county commission immediately. 
And, and where the sheriff's office has lacked is, in my opinion, representation. And what I mean is, as the, the face of the sheriff's office, we need to fight for our officers. We need to fight for better pay. We need to fight and, and for better recruitment and shorter time in recruitment and really fight for our, our young folks that want to come into an environment of law enforcement and then fight for them. And what I mean is, um, when I started 30 years ago, the conversation was, well, you got to do your time first. You got to be seasoned first. You got you to wait. Well, young folks today don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. And so with respect to the protest, let me, let me be clear. That is a tough position the city is in, okay? Um, and it's even tougher for me. And let me tell you why. Because, and you know this, Ronnie, uh, I have 225, we have a blended family. I have two 25-year-old daughters, is that right? Yeah. And two 21-year-old young men, mm -hmm. right? And every day they leave the house, all right? I cringe because we don't know what that looks like. Yeah. Right? Hell, I cringe. Yeah. I've been stopped more times than I can imagine as chief. Mm. How does that feel, though, man? Come on, It feels like when you get stopped. I just told somebody earlier, when you see those blue lights, as a black man. Even if you didn't do nothing it, wrong. Even if you you're just even driving down the street. Even if you in law enforcement. <coughs> Booty hole get tight. Booty hole get small. <laughs> you you, you yeah. tighten up Shoes like a few inches. You like, yeah. Yeah. That's I, the best ab workout. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> White people can't wait to them to walk up to that window so they can curse you. To right. <laughs> Ooh, my bad. I got pulled over today. <laughs> <laughs> I got some anger I need to let go. <laughs> yeah. But we have to teach our kids differently, right? Yep. And that is especially for my young men. Yes, sir. No, sir. And But that's to everybody. Let me be clear. But we have to remind people the objective is to survive the stop. Right, right, right. You can't hold court on the side of the road. Right, right, right. You start right. holding court on the side of the road, we have more problems. Right. Right? So so I feel from that, that piece. There's a lot mm -hmm. of anguish there. But I also feel from the officer's perspective because I know two of those guys that got charged. Right? Oh, with right. the uh, with with the protest, got you. right? Mm -hmm. That that are going through that piece, and so. But I've also been on the front lines when we had the DNC when I first started the the protest that went along with that and the bombs right. that went along with that, Occupy Atlanta as well as uh, Black Lives Matter, right? And it's a different, intense environment out there. Mm -hmm. Atlanta will survive, right? We've been burned down once. The Phoenix, right? Yeah. And and the structure will survive. The question is, how do we heal? Yeah. And that's the big, big issue. So I'm going to tell you why, I guess myself and others, I want to speak for everybody else, but we don't have, uh, I guess we don't have any sympathy for officers in that manner because we see black people getting murdered over misdemeanors and then you'll see a white person that just went into a church and killed nine people get he taking a burger king nicely, another white gingerly. kid killing somebody and then you know making sure he got water it's that's why we can't have the sympathy for the officers that go through something like pulling those kids out of you know those kids from uh what spell spelling the morehouse out of right. the car where we're right. from um so that's that's what i'm saying so that's what I, I would like if i could talk to every police officer that's what i would like them to know we we know there's good and bad, but let me tell you something. Me and Remo hanging out, I'm bad, he's good. I take Remo to drive that store, Remo's not going home either if you catch us. Right. Remo is going to jail as well. As good as he is, he's going to jail as well. So I cannot look at and say there's a good police officer if they're around bad police officers committing crimes and not stopping it. So that makes you a bad cop. That makes you not a bad person. That makes you a bad cop for real because you're not doing your job. You didn't up. stop a crime from being committed while you watched it. So a couple things, mm -hmm. uh, and I absolutely agree with you, right, with, with George Floyd, mm -hmm. right? 
All four of those officers need to be locked up. Period. All four of them need to be arrested, charged, and with murder. Second yeah. degree or higher. I make no bones they about change it. it to let the me, degree, right? Yeah, let they me upgraded the charges. The only thing I would ask is is to let's change the word can't and try and figure out a way we can at least sit down and have a conversation. And the reason I say that is because the things that we go through as, as black men growing up, nobody understands. Right? Y'all agree? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If, if you don't, let me know. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. You, there, there's, there's part of white America that will never understand what you go through as a black man. Period. Right. There's part of white America that, that will never understand as a young black man walking through Macy's or, or Riches at the time being followed. Right? So if if you you got you got a you got a richer story. I got two major stories. Yes, man, that poor. Oh my God, that shit. Oh, that shit made my like that shit made my heart palpitate a little bit. Everybody relates to that, right? Man, I hated that story. So what I would say to you is, if we were still in though, I wouldn't. Don't say we. I wouldn't. I wouldn't, man. My people would. I ain't do shit. Man, we should. We should. They gave me some Fubu jerseys. We should have sued Riches the way they the way they treated me. I agree. Mm, for real. But because you know that feeling and other people don't, mm -hmm. right? right? I'd ask you for a little compassion to understand where some of these police officers, how they feel, right? And then we come together and we teach and right. we learn. That's all I say. But, yeah. but, I, but still, again, so. it's just hard because, like, yeah. what well, he's trying to say is fuck them. To, that's what we feel like. Who? Like all, like right now at this point today. Mm -hmm. Nah, my nigga, I'm from Los Angeles, bro. I've been on this for a long time. Like, obviously, it's worse. It's worse in the South. But being in Los Angeles, you'll see your brother. You see older, older black men, barely older than you, if not you, getting face down just to go through your pockets and ask just your name and then move on. Pockets. I've been seeing that a long time. Like I was prepared since Rodney King. I've been super angry since Rodney King. And I don't, I don't, I can't say I hate the police. I just say I can't agree with how they let it go on and say there's a good and a bad cop because as a citizen there's good and bad citizens I seen a dude beating up his old lady and I stopped it because yeah, I felt every like time. it was wrong every if time. you're a cop and you see a, a man on the ground and you've been seeing what's going on all this time you see a man on the ground and doing and a police officer it ain't about the man no more the police officer is not going through proper procedure and you don't even stop that I can't yeah, say you good. Take them to jail. Right. Go well, ahead and pick them up. Take them to jail. And, and, and I get it. And I'm, I'm right there with you. But I'm saying let's have an opportunity to have that conversation. Yeah, we need right? it. Because totally. if, we, if we don't have the conversation, it never gets corrected. Right. But it also isn't equally as important. And that's why I'm running for office. Because you become the head of that department or that agency or that office. Mm -hmm. You have an immediate impact on what that looks like. Period. Right? And so you, you have an opportunity to create a diverse workforce. You know, under President Obama, they did 21st century policing. Mm -hmm. And part of that was how do we create a diverse workforce that looks like us at the higher levels so that we can hold people accountable. Right. And that's where we start. And that's where we start. And we start with, with that whole conversation of how do we heal. I'll give you a prime example. Uh, and most of y'all, I don't know how some of y'all got kids, how old they are, et cetera. But I go back to my two boys, right? They're 21. They're old enough to do, be employed and do the one thing that legally that nobody else can do, not even the president. And that is to become a police officer at 21 and have the legal authority to carry a weapon and take somebody's life, mm -hmm. right? So then, then you bounce toward the fact that I know my boys at 21, and you want to take them and put them in the worst part of town pressure situation. at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. and expect them to perform. we got to do a better job of training. we got to do a better do you, job. And we're talking do you think about people it, oh, should yeah. pull, uh, 
people should police their neighborhoods? I do. I do. I think people need to be involved. But when I say police their neighborhood, they need to know how to do it. Yeah. Partnering with the community, the community-oriented policing parts. No, I think what he's asking is, do you think that uh, police should police the neighborhoods they, that they, they live in? in. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do. I, I think there's value in that. It has to be. There, there's value in being invested in your own neighborhood. Right. Wasn't that I, well, like kind of that was kind of like old school policing in the seventies, right? Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. that's what I was gonna say. I got stopped when I was sixteen. I was flying. I was over there on beach. I was flying. Yeah. And, <laughs> and but the cop that stopped me. He's the only question. He's where's the fire? Right. What's right. going on? And I'm gonna tell your mom. Now, for me, that that's was, worse than jail. Take me to jail. Please. Real talk. Now that's real talk. I'm grown. I got scared a little bit. Right. Take me to jail. My mama. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So, for sure. So the opportunity is there for us to redefine what that looks like, so that we can engage in that. And part of that is, and 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 I'll, I'll wrap this up because I know y'all busy. Um, now we just want to make sure we get you out of here. No, I'm time. good. Okay, I'm good. Right, gotcha. I, but but part of that is, and, and let me take take you back to this. And remember, and um, and and we started doing this with some of the pastors, at, at the PD, and then mm-hmm. certainly corrections, and getting them involved and in how we show them what goes on on a daily basis. You remember in Men in Black, the first one, when they took Will Smith in there, and and he shot the little girl. Mm-hmm. Right? They were going through the training. Yeah. So when you take citizens into I, I and and so once i become sheriff I'm, i promise you I'm, you'll be the first part person we could come and do this training with. all right bet. give give you a weapon mm-hmm. right put you in a high pressure situation just mm-hmm. like you said and see how you perform right right more than likely you shoot everybody in there yeah but hold on do they have guns too and 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 the key is they'll be shooting back all right right that makes so a difference they, so, so they do have <laughs> right but mm-hmm. if they don't have a gun they got a set yeah. of school books in their hands what does that look like Right. So for us, it's about exposure. Mm-hmm. So if you know that training and, and training, but now it's a different conversation when we come sit in this room. Right. But I also right. don't have a problem. I've, I don't think I've ever posted or, or protested an officer shooting someone with a gun. I think I just moved past those stories. But it's every you. time that it's in someone with a, in an unarmed situation. So if you bring me in there and put me in front of an unarmed person, I, I can see if I can get them down no, without using you. the gun. I, I want to I want to do that training. <laughs> I got Let me go up against a couple of your officers with that training. See if I can't put them down. You will make my year. I promise to God you'll make my year. I got some more aggression ideas. Yeah. Well, we can body slam police every week. Or at least, at least nah, for real. I mean, yeah, I mean, I ain't <laughs> So we I just get, we got one more question for you and then uh yeah. Nah, but I, I do appreciate I do appreciate that. Cause like training and cause we were talking about this the other day, you know, people that got a real estate license, lawyers and stuff, they gotta go every two years oh, to re-up on their training so why not people that can take someone's life so right. now we do now yeah. let me be clear there's, there's uh the state requires that you have what's called in-service training every mm-hmm. year right, right? Yearly, okay. to, and so now since some of this um some of these fatalities mm-hmm. that the state has done a good job of increasing that so every year you got, every year you got to have the use of deadly force okay right? we've added sensitivity classes crisis mm-hmm. intervention to. so when you run across someone that has a mental issue yeah right you can do that so the state is about like conflict resolution that's kind of the same all as, of that de-escalation the same thing. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah that's what we need was, right. my, like i have a son on the spectrum and my i can't even sleep at night because he tall. my kids are tall and, right. and when he's 16 and maybe he can't discern between something and, and, and he's gonna look like a grown man right. and if a cop don't know that he's on right. the spectrum 
he might treat him like a criminal and it's like what can i do so it's like I train. need you to win, so motherfuckers that look like us right. are in position. So it's like it's, it's like, not yeah. it's not for us. It's for the kids. It's for uh, people with mental, you know, mental people health can't help themselves. Like I feel like I can take right. care of myself, but a lot of people right. can't. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Our job is to pre- protect those that can't. Protect and serve. And I, I think that's that that is the platform from which we move forward and we catapult catapult forward. Mm-hmm. And and you see it around the country. Now let's not just talk about the protests and people uh, burning and, mm-hmm. and and rioting and looting in cities. You see sheriffs, you see police chiefs really joining these peaceful protests and and saying, look, I understand and I understand people want to be heard. The biggest problem we have is we teach our kids to ask why and then get mad when they ask why. Mm-hmm. Right. We got to do a better job. We got to do a better job. Sure. So you um you said you're running against the incumbent, uh, Ted Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. What would you say are the uh, are the primary differences between you all's platforms? Well, it, I, I'd tell you that he's been given 12 years to get it right, and we can do it inside six months. Mm. And that is to change Shit. the focus of the sheriff's office. We got to be more customer service friendly. Yes. Right. Period. And this is I got a proven track record of doing this. You, we've turned this, we turned the city jail into from a liability into an asset, and then the other thing is you got to care. We have a South Fulton annex that a federal judge says that there are ladies out there that hadn't had a shower in a, a month or two. Come on, now. right? That's inhumane. Bro. It, it is absolutely That's inhumane, and so you got to care. So it was nothing for my te- my staff. As a matter of fact, they got. I won't say they got anxious, but I'd get up at two, three in the morning and go down to the jail, right? I want to see how people are being treated. Right. We, we have to be very humane about what we do. And so the difference is, and I tell folks all the time, I'm present, I'm active, engaged, I want to be held accountable, I want to be transparent about what we do, but equally as important is I got 10 years of proven track record of doing all of that. Our, our Fulton County Health Score is a perfect 100 over 10 years meaning that it's cleaner inside that jail than most places most restaurants that yeah. people eat at you say you right? go eat there sometimes you uh, go I, have food that, look it, I, I eat because I mean I, I eat what I expect my officers to be able to have access to right whether they want to eat there or not mm-hmm. uh, we instituted one of we created a, an entire cafe if you will right just for our officers and so the opportunity is is there and it's one of those things when you know better, you got to do better, right? And then it's time to hold the sheriff accountable. I would absolutely be ashamed to be the sheriff right now and watch Sheriff Hill Talk about and that. his personnel come into my county in an emergent situation on Friday night and not have my teams ready, engaged, and 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 so to help. that must be yeah. the issue then, because the the, the the police are agitating these situations in most places, so they're not even really just Prepared. from Fulton in, 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 in well, general. Well, they're, they're, you, from the perspective of the protests or from So a lot Fulton of the protests, especially in Atlanta, from the people I know, there's actually a gentleman right. sitting behind you that was there in the middle of it. You know, you can plainly see that once it got to a certain point, the police the police or whoever, was the police force there were trying to get get it started, whatever it was, get you off the way and by any means necessary. That's uh, rubber bullets, tear gas. tear gas, and they're like, well, they're throwing bottles and Stuff, but that, that doesn't happen. That is a, re, a recourse from the actual tear gas. And I seen a young young lady get pushed down by a bike officer, like just with the bike, like took the bike and pushed the young lady down. So it's like, 
It's like with with all that happening, what what would you say would be like? Uh, I, oh, my question was: <laughs> Is everybody in there from the same? I mean, from that police force, or are they coming from all over and just well, not? They're caring? coming from all over, but mm -hmm. you let Atlanta take the lead. But the sheriff is the chief law enforcement officer in the county. Mm -hmm. So in Fulton County, there are 15 cities, 15 municipalities, mm -hmm. and and the sheriff needs to set the tone. And so what I, what I meant by that statement is the sheriff showing up at 11 and 12 o'clock at night is really just embarrassing more than anything else. When you have a situation where you need backup, right, and you have sheriffs from outside the city and outside of the county doing a better job than mm -hmm. our own, right. right, we have to do a better job of preparing, mm -hmm. right? If we prepare better, then some of those things don't happen. Gotcha. All right? And we have to do a better job of engaging our community. Yes, sir. And, and, and that's where we're starting to heal, and we're starting to get that. Look, I'll be out with Councilmember Brown tomorrow, tomorrow. at a peaceful protest. Where you going to be? All right. MLK. MLK. All yeah. right. Perfect. We'll pull yeah. up. 10 o'clock. 10 yeah. o'clock. All right. So, yeah, we'll pull right, up. You know, I'd Thank love you, to man. be joined. Yes. Oh, come on. I had one more question yeah. about the jail. No. You, uh, you remember you was like you, Rice Street, what you uh, needed them to help with that. Um, you were like, you got Rice, Rice Street is terrible. Oh, yeah. Rice Street is <laughs> fucked up. I mean, yeah. Rice Street is the one of the worst places on earth. It <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. That shit scared Gucci man. I mean. <laughs> that's why he came up with Burr. Like, Burr. Like, I mean, I, I, I know. I mean, of course, there's been several sheriffs over my lifetime. I've been in Atlanta for 37 years. Mm -hmm. um, but I know I've heard horror stories. I haven't, I, you know, have been blessed. I haven't, I've spent a couple hours in Rice Street on some very petty stuff. But I've known, but I've known people to go in there and get lost. Like, literally, um, like... You can't find them. Right. Like you're trying to you're trying to Weeks locate a in. relative to bond them out, and you call the jail, and they don't know where they are. And that is absolutely absurd. absurd. That means that people aren't being held accountable. Right. That means that the people in charge don't care enough. And I say that because when I first started, everybody that was arrested in Atlanta came through Atlanta first before they went to the county. Right. Right. And at that point, we had 800, 900, 1,200 people, depending on on the week. We re-engineered, and I was given the opportunity to spearhead this program, re-engineered a program that allowed us to be very confident and had one of the best jail systems in the country, which means from the moment you hit our door, we knew where you were, which gave us the ability to let your loved ones know where you are. Right. right? To, to pick up the phone, call down to the Fulton County Jail, and someone tell you, it's going to take me an hour to tell you where they are. To tell you if they even yeah, in here. Yeah, right. And they be like, shit, goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We, Same again. Ship change at 3 o'clock, call back and forth. Right, right, <laughs> right. And, But what we were able to do was change that, not, that dynamic. And it starts with customer service. And what I remind people is, look, I'm from here, right? I'm, I was one bad move away from being that person that was incarcerated. Come on right? now, One bad it. choice from that. But some of my friends were. But every time someone gets locked up, we lock up mama them, uncle them, yeah. sister them, you know, brother them, auntie them. And we have to be forward thinking enough to know that when that phone rings, that person on the other side may not be, they're a victim too. Right. And a lot of times they're a victim of the person that's in jail. Because when you talk to a, a young lady or a, a mama, and she says, my son locked up again, right? At that point, it's your obligation. And, and what happens is my team hates for me to, I'll go sit at the front counter and answer the phone. 
right? And or I would call in and answer the phone to see how you doing your job. Right. Mm-hmm. And I literally have um, I won't say let me let me say the best uh, way to put get it. it right. I, they they weren't terminated, but I, I have people have had some very severe consequences for not being polite, mm-hmm. not that's being customer starts, service man. friendly, right? And and we have to focus on that. So one that's why that's that six month program I'm talking about, right? We can grasp hold of this ship Etiquette and train. turn it around. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because people on the other end of that care about somebody they could, if they didn't care they wouldn't have called right right they didn't need the information they wouldn't have called all right we got lawyers now james yeah james it'll take four hours to go see a client right or at shift change you get locked in there <laughs> let me tell you yeah i, I got my charges dropped i got locked up on martin Luther king day <laughs> he got all my shit dropped <laughs> mm-hmm. yep yeah yeah, man. But I, I say that to say we got to do a better job with customer service. Right. right. Yeah, for sure. And, and remember, and, and this is what I would tell anybody that, that worked for me. If someone asks you a question, you answer the question. If they ask you the question 999 more times, you answer the question 999 more times. Mm-hmm. Because what we don't see a lot is those individuals that don't get locked up every day. I'm not talking about career criminals. Yeah. Right. All right. That may be new for them. And, mm-hmm. and I'll give you the best quote of the day. Uh, I had a I had a uh, friend that called, and he said, my, my son's not at your jail, he's at Rice Street. And I want to leave him there to, to teach him a lesson. No, you don't. That ain't what you want. Mm, right. Not in there. That ain't what you want. Well, no, sir. Because he might not make it out. That's right. right. That's what I mean. But we got to change that. Yeah. We got to change that. So there are some things and protocols we can put in place immediately to make a difference. And let me be clear. I, I got to be absolutely clear. There are very, very good people and staff at Fulton County, right. Sheriff's Office. They're just starving for leadership. Yeah. And with the right leadership, we can change all this. Change there it this is. Dynamic. Hopefully you are the well, one, you, brother. So appreciate I'll get you up through that, man. Slide you over you. to the other Patrick place, man. More Than Culture is the brand. This is the podcast. Kamal the Secret Genius, Remo Rod, Tyler Chronicles, Ronnie Jordan, special guest, Patrick Labatt, Fulton County Sheriff. We out. Yes, and June 9th. Vote, 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 vote. Vote. Thank you, man. No, thank you.